This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Thanks for staying tuned to The Morning Run. It is 8.36, Wednesday the 31st of January and in front of me is Philip C and I'm Wong Xiaoning. In about 30 minutes, we have the opening bell where we check out how Bursa Malaysia begins the trading day. But before that, let's talk about Malaysia's score and position on the Global Corruption Perceptions Index 2023 and we have actually improved for the first time in three years with a score of 50 out of 100 points. Our ranking is 57 spot out of 100. 180 countries. This was an improvement from the 47 points and 61st position in 2022. Looking at the broader picture, Denmark has been rated world's least corrupt country for the sixth year in a row with a score of 90. However, it's worth noting that only 28 of the 180 countries measured by this index have improved their corruption levels over the last 12 years, and 34 countries have significantly worsened. So, has Malaysia made significant strides in tackling corruption considering the recent high-profile cases of politicians? For some insights on this, we speak to Dr. Mohamed Mohan, President of Transparency International Malaysia. Dr. Mohan, good morning and thanks for joining us. Now, as we said earlier on, Malaysia's score in the Corruption Index 2023 has improved for the first time in three years. So what were the factors contributing to our improvement from the declining trend that we saw earlier on? Okay. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, now, first of all, uh, the Corruption Perception Index is a measure of public sector corruption, and it's done over two-year period. So sometimes when you see the results, there is a little bit of lag time uh, that you may not see what has happened in the 2023, may not reflect inside the survey. Now, the main reason why the scores went up by three points, and uh, there are several uh, points here. Number one is the role played by MACC and the AG's chambers especially when the two former prime ministers were charged. So these were high-profile cases. Now, the other thing is the judiciary. The conviction of the former prime minister uh, in the SRC international corruption case demonstrated that there is uh, judicial independence in Malaysia. So, so these uh, two main reasons are one of the factors. Now, the other, of course, factors is despite the political instability which we saw in the last few years, there were higher voter uh, participation uh, through UNDI-18. Uh, so these are uh, some of the good positive things that shows that uh, democratic principles are still strong in our country and, and so on. So also a point that I want to emphasize, although it's called Corruption Perception Index, it also takes into account several other factors, uh, greater transparency, accountability, commitment of the government to fight for corruption. It's not only about... MACC arresting people and uh, charging people and so on. So overall, these few factors have actually uh, played a very big part for us to go through. So it's over 22, year 2022 and 2023. That's why we went mm. up by points. So you've highlighted the positives, but last October, we did see the discharge not amounting to acquittal DNA granted to Deputy PM Sri Zaid Hamidi on those 47 corruption charges. How detrimental has that been on the perception of the public and the international committee? Was that factored into the score? Okay. Um, normally, the CPI, around end of August, they will wrap up all the surveys for them to consolidate the results and so on. Now, if you look at the dates, actually, uh, September 4th was the date that uh, uh, he was given a discharge. 
And I strongly believe that this DNA of the former deputy uh, of the deputy prime prime minister was not factored in in 2023's uh, CPI. So that is the worrying part. We are worried that this will re be reflected in 2024. And if we don't do anything, uh, we might see a drop in the score in the coming year. But as far as the public is concerned, is of course a very negative uh, perception. If you walk today, even um, you know, housewives and uh, the lady who sells uh, vegetables or banana fritters on the road, she even knows what is DNA today, you know, mm. after this thing has come out. So in terms of general public, if you talk to anyone in the street, they don't feel good about it. And then how can your score can go up if you have this thing? But unfortunately, in the uh, CPI, because it wraps up around August last year, so I believe that this was not factored in. And I think we are going to see this in 2024. This is the reason why the government has to do a lot more other other reforms to actually pull up the score. Okay, let's talk about that because our Prime Minister has announced that he wants Malaysia to be among the top 25 countries in this global CPI. So clearly, what more needs to be done for this to happen? Okay, now, as I mentioned in yesterday when we announced the results, one of the things that I mentioned is it's good. Uh, we appreciate the Prime Minister as a leader of the nation to give us his vision uh, that Malaysia should be in the top 25 by in the next 10 years. It's good. But where is the strategy? Where is the tactical plans? How do you achieve these targets? You know, you need to have milestones year after year. A very simple calculation will tell us that we need another 18 points to reach around 68 to be in the top 25, which means that every year you need to go up by two points. So you need to have a clear plan. Now, what, among the, the things that we would recommend to the government, which we do every year, by the way, is, uh, for example, the legislative and institutional reforms. This has been spoken many, many years, and each time they take two steps, they take three steps back. And among them is, for example, the, uh, the tabling of the Ombudsman's Bill, uh, this has yet to be done. The amendments to the Whistleblower Protection Act, until today, nothing has happened. The political financing bill, we have given the government three one version from through the various civil societies and so on. And the government has two other versions, which we have not seen. But until today, nothing has been tabled yet. And the other thing very important is the separation of power between the attorney general and the public prosecutor. Uh, this is very crucial, especially with the DNA cases mm. recently. Uh, these are things that need to be done. And a lot more other things. For example, a greater transparency in mega projects. For example, if we talk about the MRT3 or the high-speed rail, which you're talking about, there must be greater transparency. What we hear so far is it's going to cost us $100 billion. Now, where is the neat analysis? Uh, you know, why should we be investing in something that you, you will be suffering for years later and things like that? So I think the government should actually be uh, more upfront and, 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 and report uh, the, the various reforms that they plan to do and, and so on. Each time when we talk to various agencies, we only see defensive statements. It's going to cost us $300 million to separate the... AG and the public prosecutor. And, you know, it's always very negative kind of uh, statements we hear. What we want is the government to come forefront, uh, be upfront and tell us that, no, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to achieve. We need everybody's support and, and let's work together. I think that's what's missing. 
Dr. Mohan, do you think that in a way the government is not taking advantage of the two-thirds majority that it has and that we might have the potential of all these reforms coming to naught at the end of the day? You're absolutely right. Absolutely right. This is what I said yesterday. I said the government should take, the Madani government should accelerate institutional and legislative reform as they are in a very stable political environment and have a working majority in parliament. And also, we hope that the government will not waste this opportunity. This window is very short. You only have about three or four years. G16 is another story. So during these three, four years, the government can do what they can uh, do best. I, I can understand legislative reforms will take time and so on. But at least start moving. Those low-hanging fruits, uh, like the whistleblower protection amendment, it's all there. It's all ready. You know? the, and, and I don't understand why... Uh, such a delay, you know. So I think this is something the government should take it very seriously if you really want to achieve your dreams. Now, meanwhile, yesterday, all eyes were on the pardon board decision for the Sri Najib Razak's application. Although it is exercised by the Yang Lipeton Agong and it's not a review of the judiciary process, how detrimental will this be on our progress against corruption? Okay, um, as we know that, you know, uh, yesterday one of the media announced it and then later they retracted back. Okay, so uh, I mean, uh, I think maybe we we will wait for the official announcement uh, to be made, but nevertheless as I said just now, what are the factors that mm. caused the CPI to improve? One of the factors was uh, the conviction of the former Prime Minister on the SRC international case. So anything otherwise, I think we know which direction it will go, you know, so mm. uh, definitely it will have an impact. Huh? But let's wait for the official announcement. Then I think uh, we can talk more about this. And Dr. Mohan, what do you make of these recent charges? Well, at least MACC investigating some of these uh, veteran politicians for their assets. Is that all going to help our CPI index in the coming years? Yes, uh, I would say there will be an impact, uh, especially on the high profile cases. We saw mm. this in 2019. Uh, when uh, quite a number of high-profile cases people were charged. But later on, as some of them got DNAA and were discharged, then you saw the scores were actually going down, of course, compounded by the change of government and, and all those things. Uh, so definitely this will help. But however, we would like to urge the government to be seen, uh, to be fair, and no one is above the law. Because there are some people who have been named in the Pandora Papers and Panama Papers. They are in the current government. Now, the least that MACC could do is at least call them up to explain. You know, we saw this thing, please explain. You know, so then it will be, it will look fair from the Madani government side that it's not only going after the uh, those who are not in power today, but also those within the government, they have to explain. Mm. Sometimes it could be something genuine that they have earned and so on. But I think it's only fair that uh, both sides are called up to explain. But certainly this kind of investigation by MACC and uh, and so on will, 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 will actually help on the CPI. But at this point of time, as we all know, uh, the charge is only for not disclosing the assets. Yeah. Uh, so that is, a, that is where we are, you know. Uh, we, it's nothing more than that. All right. Thank you so much for your time. That was Dr. Mohammed Mohan, President of Transparency International Malaysia, explaining what more the government should do in terms of uh, reforms so that we can improve our ranking on this critical corruption perception index. Up next, we'll be exploring the role of the Yan, Yang Diputan Agong in our federal constitution. Stay tuned for that BFM 89.9. 
You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.